This podcast has been brought to you by the patrons at patreon.com slash duckvtv. Donate $5 or more and you'll get an episode of Abject Suffering every single month. You'll get access to the Slack channel and you'll get access to the early feed so you can download all the podcasts a day earlier than all the less cooler people than you. Thank you everybody that supported and makes this podcast possible and I hope you enjoy the episode. <laughs> Big talk. Come on. Go. <laughs> Big talk. Come on. Big talk. Come on. Big talk. Come on. Go. Big talk. Come on. Big talk. Come on. Go. Big talk. Come on. Big talk. Come on. Big talk. I'm Jeremy Greer. And I'm Gary Butterfield. And this is Days of Future Cast, a podcast where we are covering the X-Men animated series from the early 1990s. How are you today, Gary? You know, I'm, I'm medium. <laughs> it's about the I'm best. Right. That's that's remarkable yeah. that you're even I that t- high. <laughs> I top out at about 70% anymore. <laughs> and, and I would say that, so judging on that curve, yeah, like I'm that's, probably that's at like okay. real life 50%, but that has now become, you know, kind of an average yeah, exactly. Uh, you're, you're seven out of ten in a sea of you know other eight out of tens. There's no ten out of yeah. ten anymore. Yeah. yeah, there's no ten. I, I'm I'm five out of ten in a sea of seven out of tens, but I'm not. <laughs> I'm not three out of ten. So, yeah. yeah. Um, at least at least now, um, at least for the, the the episodes we're covering today, we don't have to like compare them to what's happening in the real world, like we had to do a lot for season two. <laughs> at least this is surprised. This is nothing right. to do with the real world. <laughs> No, this this is uh I mean we 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 just said this and not to be the guy who uh you know takes things that I just said and then repeats it for the podcast audience but uh, I'm extremely worried about the season of the X-Men animated series you're me. <laughs> yeah, these, I, uh, I, these these didn't out of the gate we're not doing too hot. Like we're so, we're <laughs> these are very premiere. poor episodes. I mean, out, of the, out of the three that's not saying that much there's only three but like this is definitely the worst <clears throat> but they've started out on yeah, uh, these aren't good. I think this is the time, um, and we probably need to spend a little time talking about this because we've had a couple of questions, but uh, I believe it was around this time that they started having a really, really bad problem with their production. Um, so, like, there's episodes that are all out of order. The animation is getting kind of terrible. Like, there was a couple of times where I was really into the animation in season two, but, like, there's some faces that people pull in these next two episodes that are just atrocious looking, like, just awful. It's it's kind of, it's, it actually, so I know it gets worse. So I know season five is actually really, really shitty because I've watched some season five episodes uh, from it. Um, the the famous still from that is like Caveman Wolverine out in the woods. Um, and that's you know extremely bad. Um, and this where it's like it's weird. So there's still some care being put into it. Um, I think some of the animation is actually kind of cool. And some of the stills are actually more detailed and, you know, than they used to be. Mm-hmm. And not necessarily better, but like people's faces have more lines. Uh, on them in if it's a distance if it's like a middle shot everyone kind of universally looks shitty yep. uh, i find a couple of the close-ups look like more detailed at least if not better mm-hmm. uh, than they did in the last season so it's it's like a mixed bag like some things kind of look a little bit you know maybe a little bit better or just different some things definitely look worse but it's getting sketch it's like it's, it's, <laughs> it's getting pretty sketch i was just gonna say there's so many episodes in the season so like 
is it a, a cost cutting thing? Cause usually you don't hear about like, let's lower the quality across the board. You hear about like, let's cut episodes, you know, but there are more episodes in the season. Yeah. It's like they else. got so an like, expanded get- order. And then like, also <clears throat> it's, it really seems like they just could not handle it. Like they, like somebody upstairs decided, no, 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 we, we need more than 13 episodes. Let's do 22 this season. And then like, they just could not handle that kind of output so. with, with the same amount of pencils and ink. Exactly. Like, yeah. <laughs> with the same budget, off. same pencil, yeah. same ink. Yeah. Same writers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Cause yeah, this, these, uh, these first two episodes are extremely bad. I remember liking the Phoenix saga, which is the thing we start tackling next episode. Uh, as a kid, that doesn't mean that's good, but I remember liking it. Um, yeah, we, uh, I have not, I, I have not dug into the Phoenix saga. I'm looking forward to that because SpaceX men is ridiculous. Um, but look, before we get into the, the main episode, um, we're, we're going to kind of change the way we covered these episodes this season because we have more episodes. Um, and because this show takes up quite a bit of time on the editing and the recording and things, we're actually going to be recovering like smaller numbers of episodes. Like last season, we were up to like four episodes per podcast, which is kind of crazy. So this season yeah. is going to be a mostly it's going to be like two episodes per podcast and some maybe a couple of us said we're recovering three. So like they're yeah. going to be shorter, but they're going to be jam packed with just as much gambit as you possibly could imagine. So the, it's not just a consideration in recording because it's, you know, we don't record this that often. It's not super demanding the idea also is that this is when the cartoon starts doing these five-part arcs yes and those are hard to split up like we you know it would be unsatisfying to do four part like doing all five of them at once is would be really exhausting uh for us and for you and then doing the uh doing like four of them in one that's kind of frustrating so uh doing doing sets of twos and threes feels about right um and then i can't uh, necessarily speak for for jeremy but uh i like doing the show and i'm not worried like the, the show can continue we can figure out ways to to do stuff with it you know for as long as need be but uh leaving the actual x-men 90s animated series uh will be an uncomfortable moment it's it's gonna be it's gonna be nerve-wracking like i'm, I'm, I'm yeah. worried about what we're gonna be recovering after this because like the the mind for hilarity but also like that kind of adoration that the x-men yes. animated series has for me is a it's a very fine line and finding that can be kind of difficult like um like I think we've talked about this on the show before, but like X Men Evolution just might be too good. Like I don't want to yeah. make fun of stuff that's great. <laughs> like yeah, if something's and, and doing something just, really nice, <laughs> if we're just recapping a good show, like there's a lot of podcasts that do that. So I'm not interested the, in recaps. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. So so the idea being like we kick this can down the road, we stretch out the '90s X Men animated series, which was always the premise of this. The movies, uh, you know, were kind of a bonus thing. Um, we definitely fill out the movies because I think those have the nice mix of like reverence and ridiculous Mm -hmm. and then after that you know we'll figure something out and that could be i mean we haven't really talked about it because we don't have to make that decision yet we've got you know almost a year but that could even be like maybe jeremy do something different you know it just takes the slot like we we figure Mm -hmm. out something that like has that that good mix um you know we're gonna do um like we're gonna do one comic book per episode and we'll turn it to a daily podcast and oh <laughs> we'll start from like the uncanny number one or, or 275 or whatever and just go through it <laughs> do the thing I, I, I think i think doing that wouldn't make sense but i do think that something like um because it is so easy to find kind you know you can get stuff on comicsology and, and marvel but you can also if it, if it's not found on there you can usually just kind of torrent it um i think that they're like it would be a fun idea to do a podcast if we did move into comics to just be like what are the you know the worst X-Men arcs, sure, you know, yeah. and open that up to some kind of poll. Cause like talking about like that Chuck Austin run of X-Men or talking about, uh, you know, the, the shitty, um, uh, Colossus miniseries where it turns out he's a 
you know, son of Rasputin, things like that. Like that would be pretty fun. I think, yeah. like, I think we could figure out something that has the kind of, uh, our, our, not that I don't think, you know, we're good at talking about things that are good as well, but the fun parts of the show is just how obs- obscene and, and ridiculous this, uh, this cartoon is. 100%. I would hate to give that up. So, yeah. um, we want, if we move forward with, uh, something different, we want to find something, um, that does that, but this is ridiculously premature. We're just letting you know some of the thinking behind the, exp- the idea of kind of, uh, decompressing a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and and um, we're always yeah, like yeah. super into feedback. So like if you guys have ideas or things that you think we need to cover, like send it our way. There's a variety of ways to do that. Like if you go to um, days of slash contact, like it's probably has all of the links to various social medias as well as a contact form now. So you can just like send us stuff directly. Um, yeah. And then we'll, we, you know, we'll take a look at that stuff and, and cover it and then do the thing. Um, speaking of that, if you go to daysoffuturecast.com slash schedule, uh, this will be like all of season three will be outlined as far as release dates and which episodes of the podcast are covering which episodes of the season and all of that stuff. So if you like, if you want to watch along with the show and are wondering when coverage is going to come out, like that's your spot, that's your place to be on there. Yeah. And kind of a final, uh, admin note, um, just kind of a weird thing. So we were recording these in kind of a weird order. We haven't done the movie episode for the end of season two. And we haven't done the Q&A. So let's say like you sent in a question that is like a super game changer or, you know, something literally happens like the country shuts down and it's like, why aren't those guys talking about it? <laughs> yeah. uh, it's because we're recording this on the, the 25th of January, we're recording this in advance. Um, you know, we, we record them out of order because it just ends up making sense schedule wise. So uh, I mean, just to date yeah. this, we, we are pre-Mexican wall. So. Yes, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So when when uh, when that that beautiful dream uh, works out, but I'm sure we'll solve all the problems. Of course. Of course. Um, the, the, when, when, when the, this country finally gets the magic beans that they bought, uh, that they <laughs> definitely, uh, d- definitely magic something. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, so let's get uh, into, you. yeah, let's yeah. get, I think that'll wrap us up on admin previously on X-Men um, to catch us up on what's been happening for the last two seasons. Um, the X-Men are a group of heroes slash terrorists that all have mutant powers and a desire to save the world. The team is Cyclops, Jean Grey, Storm, Rogue, Beast, Gambit, Jubilee, Wolverine, sometimes Colossus, and led by Professor Xavier. They mm-hmm. have fought off magnetized mutants, time-traveling weirdos, aliens addicted to reality television, super mutants out to mix and match mutant bloodlines, external swap monsters, and terrible accents. Most recently, they have rescued their leader and founder, Charles Xavier, who is, was trapped in the Savage Land by Mr. Sinister and General Boredom. So, that's yes. pretty much leading and us into Luke. Season 3. <laughs> And yeah, and Lieutenant Tedium and, and, and <laughs> yes. private fashion in the back. The, um, the, the important thing is we're, we're kind of uh, back where we started at the beginning of season two. You know, like, uh, you know, J- Scott and Jean were going to get married. They didn't get married. Uh, Professor Xavier uh, was there, but he went missing and now he's back. Um, not a lot has changed. Um, you know, season two, and we talked about this a lot, is a series of short stories focusing on individual characters. Uh, but it wasn't trying to move the actual X Men mythos kind of forward as a whole. Um, it was kind of the you know the series show uh, the, the the series started out with a very strong thematic core in season one. Spent season two kind of exploring this, the characters. Season three is when it is trying to get into the grand soap opera side of X Men. Um, the kind of like the big stories that actually have lasting effect is is what they're trying to do. Not that you know that from any of these two episodes we're covering today, which are just, you know, preamble trash that kind of go into the actual, the bigger stories. But like, you know, the, the Phoenix saga is, is the, the quintessential X-Men story. 
you know, there, like it is the famous X-Men yeah, story. I'm, I'm looking forward to that because like, you know, Phoenix and Dark Phoenix are like the, are the big ones, right? Um, but meanwhile, we have to get past all this Wolverine bullshit, which is just excruciating. <laughs> like this, I don't, this is, <laughs> I yeah. don't, there's barely anything like, uh, like there's stuff that happens in this that is funny, but like there's barely anything worthwhile in this, in these two episodes. <laughs> it's, they, these were rough it's, to watch, like even it, rougher than normal. Rough to watch. <laughs> Extremely off rocks. These are some of the worst shows uh, on the in the series. First episode, like worst episodes. It's kind of crazy that like this is you know again this is the foot they're putting down, um, and that the, that it can be this bad. Um, and part of part of it is my own personal. So like okay, uh, these deal with so these actually do tie into the Phoenix Saga in the weirdest fucking way. Yeah, but uh, they do tie into it for the most part. It's focused on Wolverine past stuff, and like I think that's garbage. Um, you don't like you. You're bored by it. Uh, yep. But it obviously sold. It was huge. You know, there's a whole like series of comics where like Wolverine was patched. And he hung out in Madripoor and like all this Wolverine samurai shit is was popular and is an important part of the mythos. It has to be dealt with. But the idea of opening your season with a two parter about it that the rest of it is nonsense uh, <laughs> is just is just really really misguided i think like there is an audience for this but this is not what the x-men is about and probably should have been like a mid-season filler app yeah i can think kind of, of a million different ways for like the space the spaceship that's going to eventually get us to the phoenix like to be a thing does not have to yeah. involve morlocks does not have to involve death strike does not have to involve the reapers like all of this stuff is so bad yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't even make sense and from the beginning like <laughs> yeah it's it's really really horrible um give us our so, yeah, give us our episode synopsis before we get let's, into yeah, the, let's get into it before we get into these generalities because it is just kind of shocking like i've actually watched these episodes twice and it, it is such a fucking bummer um so uh we're looking at uh S03E01 out of the past part one. When Wolverine's former love, a Japanese woman named Yuriko, stumbles into the Morlock tunnels, she discovers that an alien treasure is buried somewhere in the area. She lures Wolverine and the X-Men into the tunnels and hopes that she can use their abilities to uncover the treasure. Um yeah, so so we uh, we start off because uh, you know how many of these episodes just start with the Morlocks like fucking getting themselves into trouble? <laughs> you know? <laughs> like it it's kind of the standard like Morlock wipe to uh, cause, cause we got beat leech, um, our little, little guy, our old um, buddy who's yeah. amazingly still alive after everything that's been going on in this world, <laughs> especially as being chased by reavers. Now, um, you notice as reapers. I just want to make sure nobody writes in their reavers are the name of these guys. Um, and these guys were like big X-Men villains in their Australia era. <laughs> Wait, um, did I just write, I wrote reapers this entire, every single time I wrote yeah, it, I wrote down. Reapers. I, I noticed that. I'm like, wait, is, that, is that a true detective thing or not true detective? Uh, whatever. True blood. Is that something I, from another show or it's, I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking. Of course they're reavers. I don't know where I got reavers. From. I don't know. Well, not reavers. That's a, that's a different villain. That's, and that's a different podcast. Yeah, that, <laughs> that's, that's the place they close. Well, you mean you close down Remus? Remus <laughs> still got punch card. Um, uh, but he's being chased by the 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 Reavers, who are ridiculous. Uh, they are uh, they're cyborgs. Um, one of them is uh, has tank treads for feet, and uh, they're Australian and they're mercenaries, and they're one of the more boring uh, X Men villains that have ever been. 
Yeah, they're oh. the the cyborgness stuff means that in the in the cartoon, uh, like Wolverine gets to cut their arms off and things constantly, dude. <laughs> yeah, like Chops so many arms in this episode. <laughs> that's pretty it's much actually, what they're. Thing I like, like, yeah. That's what, that's I also like chopping. that the way they fix it is to pick up the old arm and just to shove it back on in there. <laughs> just, <laughs> just, just, just uh, grok, and just like until it sticks. <laughs> like they're made of play doh. Um, um, none of these guys are very remarkable except for the half tank guy. And I think the half tank yeah, guy yeah. is pretty hysterical, but also in the <laughs> dumbest way, like picture literally the bottom of a tank, uh, like just yep. the giant treads. Like it looks exactly like that with, instead of like the gun coming up, it's just the top <laughs> half of a man. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just a, just a member of, uh, you know, static X or something like that. Like it's, 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 just, it's a it's, wear um, tank, Gary. It's a wear it's a tank. tank tar. Yeah. It's tank he's, tar. Uh, he's also, um, you know, cause we, we talk a lot about anybody who has kind of wheels for feet, like stairs is going to be a very hard thing for them. Like uneven ground is going to be a thing for this guy. Like how does this guy get anywhere? How does, how did he like, get into the sewers? Like, cause yeah, I'm sure there's, an, I don't think there's a handicap ramp to go into the sewers and there should be, but there, there's not, the, well, uh, not, not where the Morlocks live. Like, I mean, <laughs> you know what no, I'm saying? No, like no. there's just some abandoned shit back there. So the Morlocks are not ADA compliant is what we're, we're getting at. <laughs> yeah. the, OSHA get on this. <laughs> yeah. Where are you at? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and they're they're being led, so they're they're you know chased uh, chased by the Reavers, who are being led by Lady Deathstrike, and uh, Lady Deathstrike sucks. I've never liked Lady Deathstrike. I think it's one of the worst designs in X Men. Mm-hmm. Um, like I think she looks very uncool. I think her hands are stupid. Yeah, her uh, hands her, are like her, these like oversized like standing up but my hands go down like my my arms my my wrist are at my like waist right but my hands go all the way down to like my thighs like all the way like not thighs calves like all the way yeah. down to the bottom of my legs like she has you know big big long sharp fingers is her thing but not claws they're just like it seems it's all one big flesh tone like i have no idea what's going on with her biology you know like she doesn't have nails anymore how did this happen from from what happened to you um her backstory is boring oh like i think God. lady deathstrike is extremely bad Yes. And um, like the, 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 the lines that they give her here too, it's very, very over the top. And like for a series that like, I really appreciate when they get over the top, but like this leans way more towards the storm side where like everything that she says is just punctuated with the, Whoa, I'm yeah. doing it for revenge. Like all she's, of this bullshit. Yeah. yeah it's just she's very big, except, except instead of being like hysterical, like storm, she's like, uh, uh, angry, you know, uh, like Japanese accent. Yeah, which, which is also feels, not great. It feels extremely <laughs> racist. Like everything with Lady Deathstrike just seems pretty rough, you know. Um, so Leech is delivering this device, which is a gun. I'll just put this out there. Like it is a gun um, to Callisto, and Callisto says, uh, "With this gun, I'm going to be able to get into the treasure trove and become the true leader of the Morlocks again." So, like I, you know, already we're starting like fucking ankle deep and stupid. It, it's just a. Uh, you know, you just have to win this fight. So, like, is Callisto's plan now to use alien technology to destroy Storm? Yeah. Like, you know, it, it's very, it's very strange and just kind of starts pretty late. I bet if uh, you, you know, um, I bet if you just wrote Storm an email and just was like, hey, like, what do you think about succeeding and letting me taking back over my people? Like, let, let's have this conversation. Yeah. I bet Storm would be open to d- dialogue with you, right? Yeah. Storm <laughs> will play Scrabble with you to do this. Like, st- like the X-Men don't want to kill you. Storm is you know, definitely and, someone that cheats at words with friends. Like, that's yeah. 100%. <laughs> and, and why does, uh, why does she want to, you know, like, Storm is, is, a, is a pretty absentee leader of the Morlocks. 
Like she's already effectively the leader of the Morlocks. And why is that a crown worth having? And like, what um, <laughs> and also she's an absentee X-Man. Like her and Rogue are nowhere to be found in these two episodes, which I, again, I have not watched ahead yet. I'm a little bit behind. So like maybe, maybe they're doing something else and that's explained in the third episode, but they're just not in these two. <laughs> we don't, we, don't see them at the, all. Presumably the next time we see Storm is in episode three in her weird uh, pajamas. Rogue does not show up in that episode, which makes me think that Rogue is off on a mission. Storm is literally sleeping through these two episodes. Though. Excellent. Good. Great. <laughs> Good. Uh, yeah, so uh, the Reavers attack. Yeah, and uh, the Reavers have these net guns, which like um, not only like they shoot the thing and it's like a yellow glowing. I don't know. My color transfer on these on these reps that I have are so bad. Like my DVDs look okay, but these reps look terrible. Like so, it looked yellow green on my TV. Who knows what it was supposed to be? Um, it's kind of it's kind of goo. Yeah. And so they, but they like shoot out these net guns and, you know, paste these Morlocks to the wall with them. And that promptly makes them go to sleep too. So they're like, yeah. you know, sedative net guns, I guess you and, could call them. Well, and the Morlocks put up a fight. Like there's, like, there's a weird, like also Cyclops, the one-eyed guy, <laughs> the one-eyed guy. Lasers out of his eyes. But he doesn't shoot lasers out of his like eye. He shoots lasers, lasers out of his eye. That's underneath the patch. Like that's what yeah. it's holding back his, his, his energy very, beams. Yeah. <laughs> It's really and, goofy. So after the Reavers like uh, subdue a bunch of the Morlocks, my favorite part of this episode, maybe not my favorite part, because there's a lot of ridiculousness, is Lady Deathstrike making her grand entrance through a waterfall of shit and piss. <laughs> Why are you walking <laughs> through that? That's she walks, so like, gross. She, like she does, like the dramatic villain walk through this literal <laughs> waterfall of urine. <laughs> She's just like, ah, yes, I've you arrived. were in the, you were in the sewers, lady. Like, come on. It's, it's so gross. It's like, so it's gross. Just, <laughs> and she does it like it's the most baller thing that anyone's ever done. And it's just like, oh, death, death strike. Like, you are grotesque. Oh, this is, Wolverine is not going to have anything to do with you. If you keep walking through sewage water, girl, you got you to gotta, you gotta stop uh, rubbing shit and piss on your yourself. Yeah, you step, step one to getting a man. And I read this in Cosmopolitan, so I know it's true, yeah. is not to yeah. coach yourself in shit and piss. That's- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Literally head to toe. Um, let me let me gross. let me give you this quiz and say, are you compatible with Wolverine? <laughs> Question yeah. one: Are you covered in shit and piss? <laughs> yeah, I don't like that, bub. <laughs> <laughs> Wolverine has sensitive smells. Yeah, I can smell it. Uh, um, yeah. So Callisto, like, uh, not Callisto, but um, Deathstrike kind of tortures Leech into telling. Um, she she totally doesn't. Leech just says, Callisto made me do it. Look at our treasure. Oh, I guess like, I guess that's right. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I was reading into something more interesting happening here. No, Leech, Leech is a little shit. Like Leech immediately is just like, "Well, y'all fuck my family." Um, so, and then there's just a, a giant spaceship in the sewers, Gary. Like, yeah, what is that doing there? And why is Callisto hiding a spaceship? Why? Like, is, it does not make any sense. Like, did they? Did the people that built the old subway tunnels, like back in the twenties, just see this and like? Eh, not going to worry about that. We're just going to end the subway tunnel here. Like it doesn't, none of this makes sense. Um, but I, I like this next part too, because lady Deathstrike says, Oh, well this is going to help me out in my revenge. And then tries to like slash it open is kind of fried. Like her circuits get fried or whatever. Like she kind of yeah. goes crazy. Um, and then that makes her understand that, Oh, what we need is actually someone who's adamantium has adamantium claws and is also human. <laughs> Okay. okay so, so what are you <laughs> yeah like, what this this makes this is so so bad and like the reavers like let's shoot it she's like i don't pay you to think do you i mean nobody nobody is thinking 
Nobody, uh, literally just, nobody is having any thoughts. <laughs> you guys are both literally trying to get revenge on people on the same team. You know, like it's like it's like, I'm going to revenge. And then someone just runs up and pushes them over and says, no, I'm going to get revenge first. <laughs> it, is, it is one of the most incoherent, <laughs> shitty, like opening plot yeah. gamuts that we've ever had. And then what, um, um, oh, when she when hits she touches, it, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, we, we, we go to Xavier and like this episode, the next episode and the third episode. Like if you like Xavier just kind of screaming into the camera, like that's more or less what he does. And you know the uh, the voice actor for Xavier isn't bad, except when he has to like be in pain or, or, or yeah. like scream out, and then he's just terrible. Otherwise, he's he's perfectly acceptable. His voice like cracks in like this, this weird way. <laughs> He'd be better uh, off if they had just subbed in roars. Yeah, like, <laughs> just stretch roars out a little bit, like do a little pitch shifting, and you're done. <laughs> yeah, man, it's okay. So so touching that gives some psychic feedback to Xavier. Uh, fair enough. Yeah, that's okay. fine. Whatever. Um, cut to uh, Wolverine Gambit and Jubilee playing basketball. Doing a little b-ball. Playing a little b-ball. There's a couple of things I want to point out that happened here in the, the animation. Uh, one, the opening shot, um, while Gambit and Wolverine are talking, um, Jubilee is in the background. Her body's not anima- animated, but this like neon yellow or neon green bubble gum she's chewing just keeps inflating and deflating at a regular pace. It's like, <laughs> like she's not blowing bubbles or anything. It's going. <laughs> it's like she's in a coma and somebody held up a balloon in front of her mouth. Yeah. <laughs> she's perfectly still, but the balloon is going to expand and contract. It's a, uh, it's, it's very, very good. And this whole basketball scene is like, it's, it, it's really, it's, you know, scene, scene of the episode, probably. Easy. Uh, oh yeah, because number yeah. one, shirtless Gambit and Wolverine, and like yeah. both of these are some serious hairy boys. Like Wolverine yeah. at least has an excuse. Gambit is just super hairy for no reason. Which I guess he's, this, he's, you know, he's Ooh. very sculpted on too. Like he's very like they're very very buff. Uh, and Wolverine like out of nowhere is just like fuck this <laughs> and stabs the ball. It's his first move. Yeah, like, like it, Gambit shoots the ball. Wolverine jumps up and instead of just like hitting it away, which you could totally do with your hand. He just pops it with his claws. Like, what are you doing? How hey, many basketballs camera, do you guys go a through? A big pile of like fully inflated basketballs just for spares. Uh, and then comms expert. Uh, <laughs> I'm so glad you remembered this. Yes. Yeah. Like, guys, there's a message on their, on their weird, like video phone outside. And the, the way they talk about it is like, Hey, nobody's picking up. I guess it's us. So do the X-Men have like an on-call system for, for things like this? Like, you know, whatever the universe destroying threat is, just whoever happens to be by a phone has to go handle it solo. You know, yeah, it's uh, very, very <laughs> weird. Like plan. Like we used to have a, uh, like at my old job, we used to have a phone system and after hours it would like ring one extension after the other, like, and to mm-hmm. try to find if anybody's around. And I can only imagine this working the same way. Like here's this $900 phone system that Xavier bought tacked on some like alien technology on two to make video. And now it just, when you call the Xavier mansion, it just goes, okay, first the basketball court. Nope. Yep. Storm's office. <laughs> no. Presser Xavier. Psychic projection. Nope. Not working. No, no. <laughs> like, it just goes through a list, right? Yeah. This is real yeah. dumb. And like, I love, I love Logan's comment right now though. Like, cause Leech is on the phone and he's like, X-Men, you need to help me. And he's like, man, we got to talk to Storm about who she gives our number to. Yeah. yeah. So like, Wolverine gets a couple of real good one-liners in this, these couple mm-hmm. episodes. 
that I that I really like. Um, but yeah, so Storm keeps sharing the X Men's number with, with <laughs> every every sewer mutant she runs into, which is like very good. Um, and then it's like, no, I'm not calling for Storm. I'm calling for Wolverine because Yuriko. Dun dun dun. Yeah, and Wolverine has an instant reaction to this, and Leech hangs up. Basically, it's like, okay, yeah. you know, you guys need to come. Wolverine takes off, and then Gambit has a great line here, which I put in the notes if you'd like to read. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this whole thing stank. Um, and then, uh, uh, well, Jubilee's like, yo, he would do it for you, uh, which is like, didn't we? We literally just had to go like bail Gambit out of his girlfriend trap. One hundred percent. Yes. Like mm-hmm. th- this should be some kind of protocol for girlfriend traps in the uh, in the X Men universe. Um, because this is the same thing. And Wolverine did come down for you. Uh, he came to st- stop that wedding. So it's like short memory Gambit. And yeah, and Gambit um, literally says like, "Oh, he was only out for himself." I'm like, dude, we he last season like we just yeah, covered this. It's just happened, Gambit. <laughs> in a episode Gambit, that I can't believe is saying is better than this one. <laughs> Oh, it's, it's so much better. Like the externally yours is is top shelf. This is this is not shelf. And, and here's a good like one of these mid scenes here where uh, Wolverine goes off, and the next like we cut to him driving into the city in a jeep in costume, which always cracks me up when they drive mm-hmm. like normal cars. He parks it on the street and then just goes and jumps down the sewer. He <laughs> goes into the subway, yeah. and just walks down. <laughs> this is starts, really funny. Starts just like you know, and people uh, run from him. And stuff yeah. like it's not like uh, people are you know okay with this. People are pretty you know you know, are reacting appropriately. I feel yes. Uh, yes. Which if like. you saw a guy in the subway wearing yellow spandex and like running with claws, yelling Eureka real loud, you'd probably yeah. like just go the other way for a little while. Like I, I know a lot of New Yorkers are jaded to things that happen on the subway. Like I get it, but still, come on. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't him, he's, he's, he's not well. Honey, don't look. He's yeah, not. Don't look. Don't look. <laughs> it's, not, it's not polite. And and just uh, it's also the the X Men's. You know, if they need to look for somebody, their their move of literally just like going in a direction, yelling their name, like it's like uh, with all of the technology at their disposal, it is just go to anywhere near where they're at and just start screaming. Is <laughs> entirely their their move. Um, and then so this, here we, yeah, yes, flashback. The flashback and. Gary, this is how bad this episode is, is they do the um, like terrible pornography thing where they just literally repeat something you've already seen like you've never seen it before. Like, I don't yeah. know if you, like if you remember like pornography from the late 80s that you were like stealing oh, yeah. from someone's VCR or something like, oh, you'd be like, OK, 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 wait a minute. Didn't he already do this once? <laughs> like, yeah. he would just repeat it. We get all of Wolverine's backstory. Like the only thing that we see new here is that um, Wolverine was with Yuriko before, uh, like he, in Japan, and saying like, "I have to go." There's some people in Canada that need me. <laughs> which, okay. <laughs> which I thought like Wolverine. So the idea that Wolverine volunteered for Weapon X, which I, I can't, don't remember exactly how it is in the comics, which like you know I should, but the I don't I feel like that's in contrast to what we actually you know well, knew well, about it this is the weird thing because he says people in canada need me then we see him and maverick and i can't believe i just remembered maverick's name um, congrats um in a helicopter and they're, they're landing and then like soldiers attack them they in canada <laughs> in canada they they're <laughs> wolverine doesn't get back on the helicopter in time so he's running away he falls into a hole in the ground <laughs> And is captured, and then like then he's forced to become Wolverine instead of like the you know action hero that he was before he was Wolverine. I don't know. And then, but after he becomes Wolverine, he gets recruited for Alpha Flight and like Department H. 
So what is this thing he's with beforehand? I th- I feel like um, I, th- I think there is like a name for that because there's a couple real boring dudes in that that squad in the Maverick squad, like Bridger and uh, and and you know the, the Six Pack or something like that. They're like old buddies of Cable. I could be getting <laughs> two things confused, but the um, the idea that he's like I'm going to go work for a Canadian paramilitary force. Oops, I got trapped by a, like an evil scientist to get ejected to go work for another Canadian paramilitary force is just a, a little bit too much of a coincidence for me. Uh, you know, he just he just keeps falling backwards into Canadian pilimer, uh, paramilitary forces. And uh, yeah, it's and then goofy. He, go- he goes back to Eureka in Japan, but like she's just disappeared from that house like he and that. And that's kind of always screaming enough. Like he should have yeah. started <laughs> walking Europe yelling her name. Um, it just doesn't. Yeah. Ugh. All of this is very, very bad. And again, like I want to, re- I just want to repeat, like when we see him get captured by this, you know, alpha flight or like, weapon X or whatever, like we see him get, we see the exact same scene of like the doctor putting in the, yeah. putting in, like the doctor is still very surprised that he has like bone claws <laughs> for no reason, even though you definitely should have known that. Like it's the same exact scene for a good three minutes. In a twenty-two minute episode of television, it's pretty yeah, pretty ridiculous, yeah. pretty agree. And also, we we just established that after Wolverine got his claws put in, he went and wandered the wilderness and was caught by Alpha Flight, and then like taught what books are again. Yeah, you know, like we 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 just saw what happened. So when is this? Like he, this is after Alpha Flight that he went back to Yuriko. Like how many years is that? Is this something he did on a, a brief stop before he went and got his costume? But after he learned how to like circumnavigate the room you know like the world like it's a uh, it's very very strange to put two wolverine origin ex- you know episodes that accomplish a lot of the same purpose like this close to each other yeah and it's it's not great storytelling on top of that like yeah. we, d- we don't really need to see a whole lot of this and here's the thing we're gonna find out later uh and i think in a just a few minutes like that yuriko is mad because um her father was the guy that invented the adamantium bonding process and somehow died in something. So she's, yes. and she blames Wolverine. <laughs> like none of what <laughs> do you, did yeah. you get, did you get this? Like, I don't understand how these are related whatsoever. That's definitely what it is. Like she blames Wolverine for killing him as, uh, he left. So he definitely died. Uh, but Wolverine insists he didn't kill him. Um, I think that he probably didn't. So who killed Dr. Cornelius? It's not like I care that much, but it is like a mission, you know, a mystery in in this uh, in this episode. And it's also just one of those things like a superhero trope where it's literally just a misunderstanding. Yeah. It's literally just like, oh, no, I didn't do that. You know, here, let's go find out what did. I'm a superhero. I, I, I investigate murders. Let's go check out this murder, you know, and it's just, it's frustrating that nobody nobody does that. And yeah, like, there's, yeah. this is the worst motivation for a villain too. like, just to, to be like, Oh, you killed my father. And you're like, no, I didn't. Oh, okay. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. D- I mean, like d- do a little research, like come up with some proof first. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. It's super silly. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's not great. Um, the, we go back to the present Wolverine kind of, um, is ambushed by the Reavers. Um, he's, he kind of says like, Oh, I'm losing my touch or whatever, but he kind of gets captured uh, Eureka, Lady Deathstrike, tries to kill him, and the Reavers are like, "No, no, no! You, we got to use him first to get you know. You're not paying us this much. Like, we want that spaceship stuff." And she's like, "Okay, fine. My revenge can wait." Um, mm-hmm. And then this is where she explains all about her dad while like gesticulating at him constantly, like just waving her arms around all over the place <laughs> and talking, <laughs> like cutting everyone's face. <laughs> uh. Um, I like 
Gambit and Jubilee show up, and and here's here's how you know Gambit's a shitbag. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Gambit and Jubilee see him get captured, and they're like, okay. Well, this well is- first they fight, and Wolverine cuts off all their arms. And oh, he, yeah, yeah. He I'm cuts sorry. off their arms before he knows they're cyborgs. He's like, they're just tin cans. And just goes arm crazy. <laughs> yeah. like, Wolverine just has arm party, you know, 1993. <laughs> it's really phenomenal. Like, he's a pig and shit. And I like watching Wolverine be happy. And, like, this is, doesn't, uh, this is a good opportunity. Doesn't cut off their heads or legs, which I think would be more useful. It's just arms. Just the arms. <laughs> it's, it's like he's got to cut off arm fetish. It's very weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's 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 weird and but yeah, he eventually gets captured and Gambit and Jubilee follow him and then because they're taking him to the spaceship, the Reavers are taking him to the spaceship. Along the way, Gambit and Jubilee discover the uh the Morlocks who are still alive. They're just still like netted up into this hallway on the walls of this hallway. And Gambit says something to the extent of, "Oh, hey, we're not going to rescue him now. We'll come back later if we have time." And I'm like, "Wait, are you just going to leave these fuckers here?" <laughs> Like it's it's yeah, like the, you're a superhero. Save the save the innocents. Yeah, what are you, what do you do? Save the animals, Gambit. He, he does have yeah, a thing. Ten dollars to save his, the, save the Morlocks <laughs> from Gambit. <laughs> when when uh, he doesn't, uh, he also does the thing too. He does he presents it as like Cajun wisdom, where he's like, "Nah, they are many, but we are but two. Um, and it's it's very very weird. Um, like the, the, his rationale here. Um, it's weird because he gets a hero moment. Uh, in this episode or, or next episode where he actually like holds them off, you know, I think it yeah, might be the next episode. Next episode. Yeah. yeah. And, but that doesn't even last very long. And, and yeah, that's not yeah, anyway. Yeah. Oh man. Gambit is still the worst. Um, yeah. He's, he's not doing great work in this, this series of episodes as 100% for sure. They get to the spaceship. Um, Wolverine wakes up and has another arm cutting off party. And then Jubilee yeah. and Gambit join in. And um, they actually, they, for a minute I was like, okay, like the, the X-Men might just win this. Like this is going pretty good, but no, no. Like they, they eventually like, <laughs> you know, just win. Like they just get it's subdued. A, it's actually a cool fight. Like, it, it, like uh, Jubilee, like blinds a bunch of people. Like, you know, they, people are doing kind of moves, um, which I like. And this is, this is one of the spots where I was like, some of the animation was kind of good. Uh, in this, because it's not all bad. Like there's, it's like they're they're just flexing to concentrate on action scenes. Um, so Wolverine uh, throws Deathstrike against the ship, which causes another blast, which then uh, cut to Xavier screaming. Uh, but then he understands, like, oh no, um, there's a, this is the psychic thing is a warning not to open the ship, um, which Wolverine then does. Of course, uh, immediately, <laughs> just as soon as as soon as Xavier realizes, oh, we shouldn't do that. Like smash cut to Wolverine doing exactly that. <laughs> it's it's pretty funny, but I have no idea why Wolverine's opening it in this part. Like things move kind of like life comes at you fast during these couple of minutes. It seems like they could decompress this a little bit and not had three minutes of review from an episode like three episodes ago. So once he you know, threw Deathstrike against the ships, he started getting like fried again, and this time like she oh, he she's not get her off of it. yeah yeah. So but he still yeah. like has some sort of you know romantic feelings for like every female that he's ever met. So he yeah. he tries he runs over there and like his solution to this isn't to grab her and pull her off. It's to just like make three claw marks on the edge of the space. Yeah, it was how he plays basketball. That's how he does it. <laughs> Like, a, Wolverine, do you want to go play pool? No, I'm yes. tired of paying for pool tables. He's, he's a triple issue voter. Like he's, you know, it's it's it's, it's how he how he interacts with the world in general. Uh, and then we we have our cliffhanger here because we're going into out of the past part two. Um, I guess this would be the place to do a spotlight uh, if we're going to do a spotlight this episode. Absolutely. Tales. 
yeah, let's 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 do Wolverine since these are two Wolverine focused episodes. Um, In, into it. I uh I here's a weird thing about Wolverine is that I genuinely like a lot of Wolverine. They've just, he's been so overused in so many things and in so many crossovers that it's just, it's kind of tiring to see him. Like the fact, especially in the movies where like, he's like front and center in the, and not only his own movies, but in also all of the X-Men movies, like he's always front and center for those. Like it just gets kind of, it wears you out, but like at his core, Wolverine's a cool dude, mutant healing power, awesome claws, like kind of feral and weird smoke cigars. Like he's, he's a cool dude. He's uh yeah. Um, I like Wolverine a lot. I think he is a good team player and a shitty solo player. Like Wolverine doing stuff on his own with his like internal monologue of like hard boiled kind of detective stuff or his internal samurai monologue. Like, uh, cause he had a long running, solo series you know they read for a little while in the oh, 90s yeah. um but he uh i don't like him in that context i like him as kind of uh the side character who starts off as this real loose cannon um who uh, uh is kind of unpredictable and kind of adds a little shade mm-hmm. to uh you know to everything and then as now his kind of position where like then he kind of became this weird like hey i started out that way but i've been here longer than everybody you know, like I'm actually kind of wise. Like he, he led the X-Men for a little while. He became a teacher. I like that context of Wolverine a lot. I do not like his past, uh, in any respect. I don't like Wolverine origins. I don't like his samurai times. I don't really like, you know, I like alpha flight. Okay. But I don't really like Wolverine's weapon X tales. Oh, see I, that I'll disagree with you. Like when I was a kid, like all of that weapon X stuff seemed so mysterious and weird. Like I just was so into the idea of like this, um, like, weird organization experimenting on mutants and giving like, and, and obviously it fucked Wolverine up so bad. Like I thought that was fascinating. Now the more information they gave me about that, like by the time I learned that there was like a weapon 13, <laughs> like I was like, yeah. okay, okay, okay. I get it. I get it. Like you guys are creating like time storms in this thing and that's what you're doing now. Like whatever. But like originally, like that when I start first started learning about that, the weapon X program sounded cool. The, um, I, the the original like Weapon X comic, and we talked about this during that episode that this mm-hmm. episode we're talking about now has uh, recapped a bunch of times. Um, I actually really like that comic as this weird kind of mis- mysterious, moody, violent uh, kind of like one shot thing. And like for a little while where it was just kind of those little like windows into mm-hmm. things without explicit storytelling, I think it was better. Um, and then as it got more fleshed out, more detailed, and it was like, oh, like he was actually part of this unit with Sabretooth and Maverick and like – uh, that guy who can shoot his hands off, whose name I can remember, never remember. Um, then it gets more of a bummer to me. Yeah. You know, because um, he does like the idea, the X-Men need, uh, you know, because the X-Men, if, if they are, uh, you know, peace no matter what. And uh, Magneto is uh, peace at any cost. Having some shade to that is actually very cool. Like having the one guy who's like, yeah, I'll fucking, you know, I'm going to kill somebody so they don't kill somebody else, you know, and like, I'm not going to do it because I'm getting kind of held back by my team, but that's my instinct, you know, and it kind of makes him a cool character because he is fighting this, uh, this internal urge to, you know, not to be, to be Magneto because like, like to be a brutal Magneto, mm-hmm. you know, it's like non-smart Magneto, violent Magneto. Um, you know, and I, I can, I can dig, I can dig punished that. I Magneto. Like, like you want to get yeah. the Metal Gear Solid route. <laughs> yeah. He's liquid Magneto. He's, he's liquid metal. He's Mercury Magneto. The, um, but the idea of having, uh, somebody on the team. So they're not literally all boy scouts who have that same kind of moral code that they all believe in. 
Uh, and whenever the X-Men does stuff like that, especially, you know, at least in the era I've read, like I have no idea what's happening with X-Men now, but during the area that I read, uh, that was extremely good. Like I was just uh, very into um, having somebody on the team who is at least the voice of, because there's, there's an argument for that. Like I am a principled nonviolent person, but there is an argument to like, uh, uh, you know, Hey, like it is possible that killing, you know, uh, Bolivar Trask. So he can't create literal, like genocidal mega max is a good move because sure. if we don't, mm-hmm. he's just going to come back and that's not how the X-Men work, but I, that it's, you know, it's not cut and dry and having a character that represents that non cut and dryness, I think is really cool and good. Yeah, it's and and they play with this a lot too with with Wolverine. Like they show his like you know his the dangerous side of Wolverine while also showing like the protector side. Like we mentioned this like way back when um when it was we were talking about Jubilee about how Jubilee was one of like Wolverine's like protectorates or whatever. But like he likes to adopt these young women and these young mutants and to help them through trying times, which sometimes works out for him and then sometimes very much doesn't. Um, like there's a is it I think it was. Yeah, it's the new X Men that Grant Morrison wrote, where he uh, like goes out to recruit Angel, and Angel just like hates him from day one. It's yeah. Just, yeah, that's like that's a lot of fun. I, I like that's that really good, Wolverine. Like it's, yeah. that's um that's an arc that uh, the artist um, I can't remember the name of the guy, but like the bad artist in New X Men, um, mm-hmm. who's not like he can actually do good work, but um, the uh, if you go to I, I think I've talked about this, but Paul O'Brien, who is a comics critic who used to run a website called the X Axis uh, that I read all the time in my first job that I had internet at. Um, that reviewed every X-Men comic, um, now does the only comic podcast I listen to, which is called House to Astonish. Um, they're like a lot. Um, he talked about that and talked about that artist and it's like, it's undeniably pretty sloppy work, but he like showed up a lot of comparisons of that artist can do good work. He just had to move incredibly fast because of scheduling things. Sure. Yeah. Like, um, cause they, they yeah, want to put out like one or two of those a month or whatever. But it's not, it's not even that it's that they got so behind, they got so behind on other stuff. It's the other artist on the book being, cause it was originally just supposed to be Grant Morrison and Frank quietly the entire time. And, uh, Frank quietly, uh, moves very slowly. Yeah. Like I like Frank quietly's art a lot and it's beautiful and you can see the results on the page, but it is slow Oh yeah, to come yeah. out. So, uh, that artist, it's driving me nuts. I can't remember his name, but he, uh, you know, it wasn't his fault that that arc looks like such shit, you know, where uh, Wolverine goes and recruits angel, but mm-hmm. it's such good. It's such good Wolverine. You know, it's such good, like him, you know, a, a subversion of him taking the, uh, cause there's those like traits of Wolverine, which is like a uh, Japanese ex-girlfriend who's dead or, or a, a monster, um, Canada. And then taking like a young girl under his wing to train to be a ninja. Yep. Those are Wolverine's three, like his, that's what he loves, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, having, having this, uh, reading, this writing, arithmetic, <laughs> yes, it's the, you know, the, the, the three, the three R's, uh, real dead ex-girlfriend, really Canadian. <laughs> real, real Canadian whiskey, <laughs> yeah, real Canadian whiskey. and, and, uh, relying really on a young, kung fu. really want to teach you Kung Fu. Girl. There you go. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> um, but this, it was a really cool subversion of that where like, uh, this is somebody who is not like, just like, Oh, Wolverine. Like I am instantly in love with you and trust you and everything. And somebody who's just like, fuck you weirdo. Like you, you're literally a stranger who has come to my house. Like, why should I give a <laughs> shit? And, uh, that, that's really phenomenal. Like, I love that, that arc. Every time we, we talk, do this podcast, it just makes you want to reread New X-Men. 
Yep. Every single um, time, because it's it's probably the best X Men story. Like it's my it's my fave. It's easily my fave. I, like, I'm not going to go out there and say it's the best, having not read every single possible X Men thing out there. But like, man, it's it's easily my favorite to read. Right yeah. there, right up there with Astonishing X Men, which I think just is a is a really yeah. fun read as well. Yeah, Astonishing X Men is very good. Also, uh, a good Wolverine when um, Emma Frost turns Wolverine into a six year old girl. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's a delight. Like, second, it's that. <laughs> Yeah, um, that's, yeah, that's probably that's probably good Wolverine stuff. But yeah. for me, it's like you know, stay away from the solo stuff. Uh, embrace the team. Yeah, if if we couldn't, if we didn't get that point across from covering the the, <clears throat> the last episode, like I hate all of the anything having to do with his samurai past or the Japanese mob or the Chinese mob or, or whatever. Like I, oh man, like when the when he's like doing stuff with yakuza and things, I'm just so checked out. I hate all of that stuff. Yeah, yeah, man, Silver Samurai is going to show up at some point. Oh, man, that's another boring one. We're going to have to do the movie uh, at some point, too, and he's all up in that movie, so. Yeah, it's it's very rough, and there's a death strike in one of the movies as well. Like, you know, you, you can't escape the Wolverine shitty past, much like Wolverine can't escape Wolverine shitty <laughs> past. past yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's putting us in the same position he's in. So moving on to S03E02, Out of the Past, Part 2, Yuriko's Alien Discovery, a Shi'ar vessel. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Hold up. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, Yuriko's Alien Discovery, a Shi'ar vessel, turns out to be a prison cell containing a voracious, gaseous prisoner, the McCran spirit drink. Hold up. Good sentence. I have a question. <laughs> I have many questions. Please hold your questions for the end of this paragraph. <laughs> the McCran spirit drinker. It immediately sucks the life out of Yuriko and her cohorts. The reaver. <laughs> her, like she's a freshman class. Um, yep. Yuriko is the reaver and, and turns their attention to the X-Men. The X-Men must change their strategy to defeat an enemy they can't touch. Oh boy. Yeah. Um, I, this is a more fun episode than the last one. Uh, it doesn't have the basketball scene, but there's, more goofy team stuff. So like, I kind of like this one a little bit more. Uh, yeah. I, I, some of this is good. Uh, like we, we pick up right from where we left off. So like this thing blows out of the side of the starship uh, or excuse me, spaceship. And uh, the, the reavers just immediately start shooting into it. Like sight unseen. Their whole goal I thought was to capture this thing. <laughs> but now they're just like, we're just going to empty our laser fire on the inside. Like who knows what we're breaking mm-hmm. in there. Um, but yeah, this thing just walks out and it's like this green gaseous kind of invisible thing with um, tentacles coming out of his mouth and the, the tentacles just reach up. It latches onto each of the reavers and it looks like they die. Like it looks like they just immediately fall over dead. Yeah. They're not dead because yeah. this is a Saturday morning cartoon and nobody what, dies what but Morph. Yeah. Oh wait, oh wait, Morph doesn't yeah. die. <laughs> yeah, he's, 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 he's <laughs> But again, just, you know, they, they, they just know how to shoot stuff. They're, they're dipshits. Yeah. Um, Wolverine gets out of there, and this is where Gambit actually does his his sacrifice, where he's like, you know, you go on ahead, uh, and he'll he distracts the monster. Uh, yeah. However, then Jubilee uh, is like, no, no, I'm taking the bullet from Gambit. Like, you can't sacrifice yourself for a kid, Gambit. I, a kid, will instead sacrifice myself for you, Gambit. It's very, very weird. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> because it's not like I, I could see you throwing yourself in front of something. Like, if if Gambit had his back turned, and this was going to be a surprise attack, oh, sure. and only like, but. I've seen Gambit do multiple somersaults. Like he should be able to avoid the tentacle. <laughs> Jubilee, what are you doing here? Like, don't, don't, don't sacrifice yeah. yourself for Gambit. Like I would, I would like if Gambit had his back turned, I would sacrifice myself for anything unless he was about to take a drink that had been doctored. And that just feels <laughs> like fair play to me. Yeah. I'm, I'm just kidding. That's not funny. Um, but the, the, uh, I, it is really, really silly for her to get 
tentacles after here. Um, and it gives, you know, a sense of sense of stakes. Like again, these people kind of look dead at this point, yeah. you know? Um, but there's, she's just unconscious. They, they, they pull her out of there. Uh, we switch over though to, to Wolverine and Deathstrike. And they're having um, a, the first of many arguments about whose fault all of this is, which seemed like they goes on forever. Like this happens three or four times throughout this episode. And it's just so boring. Like is, it's is your fault that you opened it or no, it's your yeah. fault because you killed my dad. I didn't kill your dad. It's your fault for blaming me to kill your dad. Like just it's, stop. <laughs> just fucking this, stop. Is this where he holds up Jubilee and is like, this is what your revenge. Yeah, does. exactly. I take a good look. <laughs> yeah. And, and what is she going to give a shit about Jubilee? Like, yeah, she, like, like she doesn't care about Jubilee. Like you guys were fighting. Like it's, it's a very weird thing. Like it, it's, you know, we, this is not uh Yuriko's what she wants. You know, this is not appealing to her. There's no carrot or stick to this. Um, we got to talk about this scene for a while though. Uh, this next one in the museum of modern art. Ooh, um, this is, I, I feel like we've never got, I, I kind of half expected when we started really ragging on beast that we get some backlash because like, as a kid, I didn't like, I didn't hate beast in the cartoon. Like it defined the way I liked him in the, in the comic. I think beast is okay in the comic. Like I kind of like beast, uh, in the comics. He's fine. Um, but you know, on the show, he's pretty bad and we talk about it and I kind of expected some people to be like, Oh, beast is actually pretty good. Uh, and the, here's just like exhibit like F really. But like, if you, this is the nuclear option to like, you think beast is pretty good. How do you like these apples? You know, this is look at this scene. <laughs> I've, I use the word insufferable douchebag a lot when it comes to Beast. Like, I've used it every single time it gets brought up, basically. But, boy, if I had known this was coming, I would have saved the insufferable douchebag <laughs> comment for <It's>, this. <laughs> because, uh, yeah, wow. He's walking around, and it, it really, the, the way that they, they, they animate this and the way that they present it is, like, he has kind of captured this poor museum goer and is just, like, man, <laughs> or excuse me, beast splaining to her about all of the different paintings in here, like... He, he rags on Jackson Pollock and says something like... Frankly, I've never been able to tell Jackson Pollock's paintings from his drop cloths. But Picasso holds a peculiar fascination for me. There's something so primal, so organic in his work. Don't you think? What? Yeah, so, so one, like, it's trying to make B seem smart because he knows who Jackson Pollock is. Uh, and then, like, a kid in the, in the audience might be like, I know who Jackson Pollock is. Like, I'm kind of precocious. That's pretty cool. B's is smart. Saying you can't tell an abstract artist's art from like garbage is the opposite of smart. (laughs) (laughs) If you can't tell one of Jackson Pollock's paintings from one of his drop cloths, Beast, I you are in the. Is this like your first time exposed to art? Like this is that is very very much like art appreciation one hundred and one. You know, is understanding that abstract art is not an accident and seeing the ways in which it's not. And it's, you know? it's such a weird thing because they present him in this cartoon, at least like he's very much more of like a genius artist than he is a genius science. We've only seen him science once. And that yeah. was, that was when we had to like look at Wolverine's like badass blood cells. You know what I'm saying? Like that was, that was the only real science that this dude has done pretty much in the entire series. Other than that, he just reads poetry and gets put in jail. <laughs> That's all he yeah. does. He's got no credibility whatsoever. Like all this pontificating and like, isn't he in like a tux or something? He's wearing something really dumb in this in this yeah. scene as well. And like explaining how Picasso is good to this poor woman who looks like she just wants to run away and die. Like, oh. is, <laughs> like she's, she's reaching to her purse and mace herself. <laughs> 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 um the uh it, it, it's just it's such a like 
I don't, I don't know tons about art, but as somebody who knows like a tiny little bit about art, like it's exactly the opposite. Like this is such a deeply conservative attitude about art. Like, oh, like, you know, the recognized classics are really good, but modern art is trash and I can't tell it apart. Like my kid could make that like that. That is that is that is a, a particularly like regressive way to think about art. Um, and just I, it, it's it's really, I, really dumb. And why he came by himself. Like, why aren't you talking to your friend about this shit? Because, you know, he, like, because you, number one, Beast does not have any friends willing to go with him to the art museum anymore. <laughs> Call that blind girl, dude. <laughs> Even the blind girl is like, I can tell a Jackson Pollock painting different than a <laughs> I could when I was blind. The Braille version of this is different. You big hairy sack of shit. <laughs> God, he is such a douchebag, Jerry. It's He's so just bad. so bad. It's, it's so bad. It's Thankfully. Thankfully, yeah. uh, Xavier is like, you know, now that this thing has broke out of the spaceship, Xavier is calling the team. So Xavier calls yes. him up. He's like, Beast, we need you. And Beast's exit strategy isn't to walk through the front doors. It's just to jump through the ceiling. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> Can't leave like a normal person. You're out of your goddamn mind, Meg McCoy. Um, I, I love that so much. It's also, it's, you know, Xavier's calling people now. Like, Spaceship in the Sewer wasn't worth the whole team. But anyway. But yeah, something um, broke out of the spaceship. We'll go back to the sewers where Wolverine and Deathstrike are arguing and uh, more time. Yeah. And then the monster breaks that up. Um, this is where we get like a clue that like our people aren't dead. They're actually just kind of yeah. suspended in the animation. Jubilee's face and her and it starts like appearing in the middle of this monster's forehead. This again, green, transparent monster's the, the, forehead. The spirit drinker. The Macron spirit drinker. Yeah, the Macron spirit drinker. I can't say drinker. that. Everyone's favorite X-Men character. I can't say that with a straight face. <laughs> Who's your favorite X-Men villain? Oh, the Macron, oh, the Macron spirit, spirit drinker. drinker, obviously. That's pretty cool. I like his Steve's good backstory. Um, Check out this trading you, card. He's got a power of 10. Yeah, you, you, <laughs> you gotta put a picture of this thing uh, on the website to, to oh, so people oh, are listening oh, this so they know what this thing looks like. We're, uh, it's gonna, I've already took the screenshot like i did that yes last night okay. <laughs> just to make sure yeah, yeah i didn't put it in the notes but i definitely have one that'll be the cover art for the episode when it when it displays it's like it's hologram of jubilee to beg for for help um it looks like a like a neon sign at like eat at jubilees you know where like jubilees <laughs> casino or something like that like yep it's, it's like a luminous neon monster it's very very weird um <laughs> Uh, um, so then we get to see Cyclops and Jean who were enjoying this is it. really good too. Just a, just a night off, just a little casual yeah. evening. By yeah. the way, Jean and uh, Cyclops appear more in casual clothes than I think any other X-Men in, in this series, oh, yeah. which I really enjoy. Um, but they're just having like a little patio dinner with their favorite Mexican place with their, with their favorite waiter, Sydney, who they I name check Sydney. Sydney for some reason. I love Sydney. Sydney's my favorite supporting character. Like, <laughs> who's your favorite X-Men supporting yeah. character? Sydney, Sydney, of course. Sydney, who's your favorite villain? McCran's favorite. Spoilers. It's the same person. Oh my God. <laughs> no, Sydney. Um, so, so they get they get their X-Men psychic call and it's like this little comedy bit where Scott's like, sorry to break it to you, Sydney. We got to have our stuff wrapped up to go again. <laughs> and Sydney looks all pissed off and like Dude. Sydney's really weirdly overly rendered and everything like cause he doesn't move. So he's well drawn and it's a uh, it's very, very strange. And the idea of just like Scott having being friends with with Sydney. The thing it reminds me the most of, like, I, I don't know if the, are you a Simpsons guy? Like, are you yeah. Simpsons mm-hmm. literate? Mm-hmm. You know, when, uh, Seymour Skinner gets fired. Yes. Uh, from his job. Mm-hmm. 
And there's a part where like Bart runs into him at the laundromat and he's like, I might go down to the antique store, see if Gus is working. <laughs> and like, you would actually find out who Gus is, but that's what Cyclops's and Sydney's relationship is to me. Like, yeah, yeah, they're, they're not you know, friends. It's just a place that Cyclops goes a lot to make, pretend that he has a friend. Like, yeah, right? They're like kind of friends. Like, there's some lonely guy who works somewhere in Cyclops, because Cyclops is very Seymour Skinner, um, like comes and visits him and just kind of hangs out and chats him up, you know, and that's what friendship is for Cyclops because none of his teammates will talk to him. Yeah, because you know? I mean they they don't want them to, they don't accidentally say something that he's going to report back to Xavier. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> that's true. He's the elf on the shelf of like the, you know, yeah. Uh, so so they they leave and they're just like, well, looks like we got into a mess again. Uh, you know, which I don't know. Um, so we go back to the sewer. We just just going back and forth between the sewer, the monster kind of coming up and kind of semi chasing them while they argue. Yeah. Um, the Reavers are stuck in the the monster, which pisses off Yuriko and it happens right after Wolverine's like you know don't you uh like something like don't you care about your team or something and he's like she's like my team's fine or something like that and then the reaver ghost comes out immediately uh and Gambit uh knocks a bunch of rocks down to buy them time yeah which I mean sure whatever like and and even the cartoon calls out like well he's just already gone through a spaceship and several walls like what are these bricks gonna do but nope we're just gonna buy us some time yeah, and uh, Wolverine tells Gambit to like take Jubilee to safety, and then him and Yuriko are going to distract it because they have adamantium claws. Um, and Yuriko is cool with this. Like, yeah, he's like hey, I, me and Yur- hey, Yuriko, here's your orders. And Yuriko, like, who wants to murder him, is like more or less just fine with it. It's very strange. Yeah, um, Wolverine gets off some good lines around here about alien gutter trash and things like that that I'll sure. probably drop in here, which is always fun. Um, yeah. So Gambit shows back up with the X Men and Xavier. Xavier, well, Yuriko the- gets taken. So oh, that's they, they right. They fight yeah, for the yeah. while. Yurko gets yeah. sucked into the the that's soul board, the soul yeah. drinker, the McCran soul drinker. Because <laughs> it's going to be an important detail for for something that happens in a minute. Yeah. But yeah. when Gambit and uh, everybody shows up and Xavier's there, like this is one of the few times that we see Xavier in the field. The field um, Xavier, yeah. yeah. Um, so, <laughs> sorry, I'm getting cracked up by something that's happening in the future. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, Jean tries to like read this thing's mind and is instantly like, like, you know, screwed up about it and hurts herself. So, which pisses Cyclops off because everybody knows Cyclops has <laughs> one <not> trigger. Gene. <laughs> it's um, not Gene. <laughs> <laughs> tries to like shoot it. And Wolverine is like, no, 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 our people are in there. You can't do that. Um, yeah. So beast and Xavier decide to leave and they just, <laughs> they just lay Eureka and Jubilee, like on top of his ridiculous <laughs> floating his chair. wheelchair. <laughs> He's just he's taking a, out two he, drunk girls out of the party like he's a fucking bouncer. With all due respect, Professor, can we use you as a wheelbarrow? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's it's extremely funny, and every like all this whole section is very weird because this is the the McCran spirit drinker showing back up at this point, but it's just kind of hanging out and waiting for everyone to talk. It's very strange because they're not just like Jean's like, oh, I've touched its mind. It's darker than anything I've ever seen. Uh, you know. Wolverine's like, this is Yuriko. She wants to kill. She's my ex-wife. She wants to kill me. You know, everyone kind of has a chuckle. And the McCran Sierra drinker is just kind of watching along. like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, or something. And then uh, like the way that Beast and Xavier leave to go look at this thing is just like, there's a ship with some writing on it. Uh, and he's like, it was an alien writing. He's like, well, it looked alien. Like they're asking Wolverine all these science questions and he's not comfortable with it. And then Beast is like, I believe I'll go check it out. You know, and there's no yeah. sense of, of urgency of as if there's a big tentacle neon monster, like literally right next to you guys. They, he's, and it, they just casually strolls away too. like they're not like they don't like run for it or anything. Right. Like they just kind of walk like, excuse me, 
McCran spirit drinker. Like, let me get behind can you. I, can I get to the side a little bit? You're kind of just move over a little bit. Yeah. Okay. I'm good. It's <laughs> it's very, very weird. And it, it's like the, the sequencing got mixed up. Like this should have happened after they collapsed the tunnel. Yeah. I don't you know. This, like, none Wolverine of this really and Durko should have fought earlier. Then they collapsed the tunnel. Then they have this time to do this talk and go investigate to defeat the monster. It's super strange. Like it, it makes, it makes no sense. By the time Xavier and beast get to the ship, like they, they go in and they see like it's containment thing that's been broken open, which like also like did Wolverine's claws go 20 feet into this thing to break yeah. it open? Like, <laughs> what are you yeah. doing? Um, but Xavier touches some of the, like the internal signage and like gets zapped again. And then all of a sudden can learn how to get, get all of a sudden learns how to read like all of this stuff and has yeah, like, has this vision of like these crazy space stuff, which they never say the word she are in the, in the series, in the comic or no. in the cartoon yet. Like, so that's all like just from the plot description that we read yeah. earlier. Um, that's coming next. Oh yeah. Yeah. We're about to get into some space mans. Yeah. Um, um, so yeah, it's like, Oh, this was a prison. Um, this thing was sent into to space to keep it far away from, you know, never get out or whatever. Um, but it happened to land in our sewers. Uh Oh, um, at this point, spirit drinker, excuse me, <coughs> Macron spirit drinker, spirit drinker, yes. which is my father. Um, yeah. Macron spirit drinker <laughs> has gotten to, um, like, Oh, he's getting topside. Like he, we've been kind of slowly, but surely getting closer to the actual city. And by this time he's like broken into an actual like subway station and he's attacking a subway car when the X-Men show up. Yeah. Um, Wolverine has this bright idea to like, you guys distract it. I'm just going to go claw it up, which does not work at all. Like none of this is makes a whole lot of sense. Like he's like, Oh, my claws can touch it. But I don't know, man, like none Mm -hmm. of this is really that great. Uh, (laughs) Somehow or another, he cuts off a part of the tentacle and the tentacle lands on the third rail and gets kind of zapped. And that's yes. how they were. That's when they realized that the the incredible power of electricity is this one space monster's weakness. Yeah, it's, Sorry. it's the one thing electrical for, power for the yeah. one episode that Storm misses. Like she could have <laughs> <laughs> she solved this shit. <laughs> it's like how Iceman is the Omega, Omega Red's uh, hard counter. Like Storm <laughs> yeah. literally could have just ended this in two seconds. But she was sleeping because she she, she's not on a mission or anything. Yeah, yeah she's she's in her weird, uh, weird Star Trek ambassador pajamas. The um, so the way so they're getting into this fight and they're really trying hard to set up a sense of stakes. They're just like, if this thing get to the surface, ain't nobody gonna have a good time. And and uh, there's no there's nothing there for it. Like it doesn't for an episode that's this fucking slow or a pair of episodes. They've done such a terrible idea. Like show the remnants of a civilization destroyed in space or something, Yeah, you know, like show what the actual stakes are. Um, just like, just like the X-Men just kind of turning to the camera and being like, no, this is a big deal. If we don't stop this, it's, it's pretty bad. Um, I actually like the w- little th- quick thinking the way Gambi Gambit, uh, Gambi, I call him Gambi. Yeah. Uh, the way, the way Gambi <laughs> destroys it, uh, by throwing his staff through it, which makes a, like kind of a, a rod, like that connects the third rail to it. Um, I like it when any any anytime like a fighting person like thinks outside the box or does something creatively other than just throwing cards at it. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like that, and that uh, returns everyone's spirits. It, it it becomes a spirit vomiter, and just uh, puts everybody back in their souls. Yeah, and Jubilee wakes up. Um, they have Wolverine and Yuriko have like a moment where he's like, you know, I saved your life, and he's like, well, we're we're square for now, but I'm going to get my revenge. And then she leaves. Nobody seems very concerned about the Reavers. <laughs> yeah, go go to jail. Uh, <laughs> yeah, why don't uh, why put, aren't put you her in jail? Why aren't you arresting her? <laughs> superheroes, guys. Um, it's and it also is just like a really shitty thing for the viewer because it's like, man, there's going to be another fucking Death Strike episode. Yep, and there is. Uh, it's a season. Like we we come back. Oh. So, uh, yeah, there's, uh, we, we are not done with 
shitty Wolverine backstory. I think Maverick even gets his uh, his highlight ex- episode in Weapon X Lies and videotape uh, at the <laughs> end of the season. So, boy, if you want a rabbit hole, by the way, like go look up TV shows who have who's had episodes named after sex lies on videotapes. <laughs> like, there's a yeah. lot of them. It's weird. It's intense. Uh, yeah. we get a, Xavier gets a bunch of space visions, which are pretty much just like, um, you know, uh, foreshadowing at this point. And then yeah. at the end of the episode, like it's, we see like the world, like we see like the world from space after seeing all this crazy space stuff. And like, there's these, it, it looks like a actual, like, it looks like a tape. Like it looks like somebody recorded real fire and then overlaid it on this yeah. and then put like bad font, the Phoenix saga, like on top of it yeah, coming soon. Yeah, Phoenix Saga. It's definitely wow. real fire. It's it really, it's bad. real special. Yeah. Like, I mean, it looks really bad now. Maybe at the time that looked kind of impressive. Um, I don't know, man. Like, I, I mean, like, <laughs> like anytime you start mixing, uh, like real, like real world stuff with animation, like I don't know, like it just always kind of looks weird. Like even Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which is like probably the best example of that outside of you know Cool World. Even mm-hmm. Who Framed Roger Rabbit was a little like weird and to have this like it just looks god awful to me but it doesn't really matter like it's yeah, two it's, seconds so you know and again i am into the idea of uh you know doing the phoenix saga like yep. i like the phoenix saga as a story it's we, you know, we a new x-men is my favorite x-men there are other x-men that are more modern they're easier to read i think mm-hmm. um i just uh i love like the phoenix saga i like the stuff we're gonna go into with this and the dark phoenix saga i think is cool as well like i like the hellfire club i like dazzler um i like you know i I like uh, uh, the Shi'ar Guardians. This is all stuff that I like. Yeah, this, uh, so this going all into really this works. Stuff, yeah, yeah. Um, I think we're going to get introduced to Black Tom Cassidy at some point, which like is I've always liked. He's just like Juggernaut's little buddy. Black Tom um, Connors, Cass, uh, Cassidy is good. Eric the Red is going to show up. Which Eric is the Red's pretty. Eric, is pretty Eric the Red is pretty good, actually. But the, <laughs> yeah, but he, he's uh, he's funny. So I'm into what we're coming into. What a shitty prequel for like what is going to be the like premiere event for this thing. Like this is the hype, you know, Hey, this is like the classic X-Men story. Everyone's been asking for it. We're going to give it, but first, like, this is how we're going to foreshadow it. You know, we like, it's almost like they just felt like, Oh shit. Like we never talked about your co. Yeah. Oh, we, we we meant to do that a long time ago, which, oh man, you just, you you don't, you ain't gotta, it's an X-Men. Like it's not a Wolverine story. It's an X-Men story. You ain't gotta go through all the details. Uh, Phoenix Saga is not a Wolverine story at all. Like he doesn't even have a huge part in it. You know, it's a Jean Grey story who has not had a highlight episode. She's like, barely been in the series. <laughs> yeah, she's, what she does is try to psychically stand, scan stuff, gets overwhelmed, and passes out. That's like in, exclusively what she's done. She uh, her like, one moment of fame was uh, way back when the Juggernaut destroyed the mansion, and she like lifted up a piece of wood and had like eight nails, and then nailed them all at one time. That was really cool. <laughs> That's yeah. that was the best she's ever done. Way back in season yeah. one, she can she can she can carpent with the strength of nine men. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what she can do so far. So give her something to do. Like don't turn this into Wolverine story, which like. Far be it, you know, me fall into uh, stereotypical duck feed SJW stuff. But like, we don't need like, well, Jean Grey can have a story like this does not have to revolve around the men around her. And like, that's my fear. You know, it's been a long time since I watched this. That's not something I would have noticed when I was 14 because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it was 1993. But like, I really hope it just doesn't become like literally just Cyclops and Wolverine reacting to Jean Grey getting kind of imperiled. Yeah. You know? 
And we're going to so, be uh, like, so, so the, the Phoenix saga, as we mentioned at the very beginning of the podcast, is five episodes long. So yes. uh, for the next episode of this podcast, we'll be covering um, 303, 304, 305, which is part one, two, and three. Sacrificed the Dark Shroud and Cry of the Banshee. Um, oh, yeah, the there we go. Yeah. There's, there's Black Tom. Yeah. And then um, yeah, episode 13 will cover parts four and five, the Star Jammers and Child of Light. So that'll that'll be that'll wrap us up on the Phoenix Saga, but that'll be our, our next two episodes if you want to watch along. And again, yes. you can go to daysandfuturecast.com and there's a schedule link there that'll show you all of that. Yes, and uh, we encourage you to to watch along with us. I think that's a fun way to experience the show. Uh, if you don't want to watch this uh, this children's cartoon from the '90s, you can also just listen. We really do appreciate that. What else can they do? Uh, they can rate and review the podcast. They can go to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv and um, maybe kick the network a couple of dollars so we can keep making great new shows and keep doing great new things. Um, mm-hmm. You get some cool features. Y'all, y'all have kind of rejiggered the uh, Patreon stuff lately, but like even just like it's your basic stuff, you get like you know episodes early, and you get access to the Slack, and you get all kinds of cool stuff. So go go check that out. But like the higher tiers are also very very cool. Um, I'm looking forward to being able to boss you guys around into doing near for watch out for fireballs at some point. So gay for that. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be really good. Um, I think, and we, you know, we, we changed the, the Patreon. That's an evolving thing. Like that can mm-hmm. change as well. It might change in the future, but when it changes, we change it to, to do cooler stuff and to kind of, uh, you know, make it, make it, you know, we, we like doing this and we want to do stuff and everything we do is in that in service of that, you know? So, uh, yeah, the, um, yeah. So, uh, until, uh, until next time, I think that's probably good. Uh, Jeremy, where can people find you on Twitter? I'm at JG Greer on Twitter. Where can they find you? Uh, Gary Bud, G-A-R-Y-B-U-H. Hit yes. us up with your X-Men talk. And uh, you can follow the podcast at D-O-F-C podcast at Twitter. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. And Facebook and things like that. That would be awesome if you did. And please spread the word. Uh, let me more people know about it. That is something concrete you can do to help the show. Tell your X-Men friends. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. Good night.